Listener Production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. This is a podcast in which every week we delve into something that is happening around the world, international relations, international politics. We choose a situation and we unpack it for want of a better phrase. And there's no one better to do that kind of thing than this man who is very well versed on everything that happens in the world. Dr. Keith Souter, a commentator for decades on these particular issues on media across Australia. Um, We've also got three PhDs on these subject matters. And uh, my name is Kate Mack. We've worked together for a couple of years now, television, radio. So today it's fascinating because everyone has been watching this story all this week. It's been making international headlines. Kylie Moore Gilbert, very attractive, Australian but British education, and she was a lecturer who went to Iran and was jailed for two years and recently released this week. And through diplomacy, so the Australian government talked to the Iranians, how did this even happen, Keith? Yeah, well, it's it's an interesting story. I I don't think we're ever going to get, at least in the next few years, the full story about how it's been achieved, but it does give an insight into the real world of politics. And we tend to, in Australia sort of have only a superficial knowledge about what really goes on in the real world of politics. So Kylie Moore Gilbert, with a doctorate, was invited to go to Iran by Iranian officials. The problem was that while she was there, the Iranian officials who invited her were not able to protect her because in Iran you've got different sources of power, including what's called the Iranian Revolutionary Guard. So in 1979 when the pro-American Shah of Iran was driven into exile, which which is where he died, the Grand Ayatollah Ali Khamenei came to power and the backbone of his revolution were a group of people who then became the Revolutionary Guard. So over the last 40 years, this contingent have become incredibly powerful in Iranian politics. So even though you're dealing with civilian politicians they know that you've got another faction with power, which is this Revolutionary Guard. So Kylie Moore Gilbert goes to Iran to attend an academic conference. And then just as she's leaving the country, she got stopped at the airport and then arrested for espionage and then was jailed for a decade. So this is just over two years ago. She's into it was uh, until yesterday morning into her third year of of detention in appalling prison conditions. I don't think that she was a spy. Um, she might have had friends in the Jewish community, but then we all have friends in the Jewish community. It doesn't mean that you're working for the State of Israel. And so, in fact, indeed, some of the strongest critics of the State of Israel I come across are actually Jews. You know, Israel is a nation of 8 million prime ministers. <laughs> so having Jewish friends doesn't make you a spy for the Israeli government. Anyway, this poor woman then goes to jail. The dilemma for her friends is do you then kick up a huge stink on Facebook and elsewhere, make claims about the Iranian government and the lack of the rule of law, etc., which we know is the case. You know, we we have limited rule of law in this country. It's not as good as we would like it to be, but it's a lot better than what exists in most of the other rest of the world. And there are so many cases, Keith, just to jump in here, of internationals being held without trial yep. for years. Absolutely. Yeah. So this poor woman then becomes a pawn in what is a three-dimensional chess game. 
So I thought what would be useful is for me to speculate on how the Australian government got her out. Um, this is no, there's no inside knowledge. Uh, this is just my speculation drawn from, you know, years of being involved in international politics. And just quickly, just for context of the story before we go into this, Keith, why do you not think she saw any red flags? Why did she feel like this was a safe thing to do? Well, because she'd received the government invitation and she assumed that, that it was sufficient to look after her. But you see, you've got the Revolutionary Guards who are running with their own agenda and no doubt other politicians also in Iran. I think she was foolish to go. The Australian government makes it quite clear that people should be avoiding Iran at the moment. But, you know, she's somebody who's not involved in politics, not known as a critic of the Iranian government. She obviously figured she could get in and out of the country without any controversy. She would have had no idea at all that she would have ended up spending just over two years in appalling prison conditions in Iran, made even worse, by the way, by the onset of the COVID crisis, which has particularly hard hit Iran. So she goes to Iran, she gets arrested, and then, as I say, we're back to this problem about what do you do? Do you complain about Iran in the media or do you work behind the scenes? The Australian government made no public statements about outrageous behaviour by the Iranians. They went for a very low-key approach. Now, there were some, of course, in the Australian media who said, well, that's usual from the Australian government. They're friends with everybody. They don't want to offend anybody. Um, the Department of Foreign Affairs is often called the Department of Foreign Affairs. Um, really? Oh, yes. No way. Yes, yeah. By who? By which sorts of establishments? Oh, by, well, by the Department of Defence, but also... <laughs> But others who just say, oh, you know, those diplomats, they, they, they don't want to offend anybody. But I've got to say, the diplomats have been vindicated on this approach. Mm. The diplomats avoided adding to, the, to her problems by making inflammatory statements about Iran because the Iranians might well say, all right, well, well, we'll show you how bad we can be. We'll double the sentence or whatever. So the Australians got to work on trying to get a release. Now, that would have meant talking to the Iranians about what is it that you want to get her out. Now, the Iranians practice what's called hostage diplomacy. In other words, they grab foreigners or dual nationals. In other words, a dual national is someone who is a national of both Iran, but perhaps also Germany, say. And so when they're going back to Iran on holiday, visit the relatives, etc., they could also be grabbed. Anybody could be grabbed in Iran but including dual nationals. So that's why you end up this degree of confusion as to what is the nationality of, of people. Now, in her case, um, she was grabbed, the Australian government. This is all sp supposition on my part, right? No inside information, pure speculation. That's all we can do, though. That's all we can do, because I don't think you're going to get the full story for the, at least for quite a few years. So the, the Australian government would have said to the Iranians, what is it that you want? And as I say, the Iranian practice this hostage diplomacy. So they grab foreigners and then say, well, if you want your citizens back, you've got to work to get Iranians that are held in foreign prisons or something else. In this case, we, we know what the Iranians wanted. There, there were three Iranian terrorists held in Thailand and they were there for trying to blow up an Israeli facility. One of them, as we saw yesterday morning, when he arrived back at the airport and was welcomed by the Deputy Foreign Minister of Iran, one of them lost his legs in, with the bomb explosion. The bomb went off prematurely 
and uh, he lost both his legs, so he's now confined to a wheelchair. So the Iranians would have said to the Australians, all right, you want your person back? Help us get our three people back from Thailand. So the Australian government then would have had to start negotiations with Thailand. What would Thailand do to allow three terrorists to be released from jail prematurely? Who set up a bomb in their country. Exactly. So, and it gets murkier, right? So they have to do a deal with Thailand. Now, what would that be? Well, at the moment, it's not clear. It may be increased foreign aid. So keep an eye on the Australian foreign aid budget for next year. It may be allowing in more Thai foreign students to study as uh, as I used to teach them. You know, I, I receive Australian foreign aid because I teach Thai students at Australian universities. Or it, it may well be that uh, given the political upheaval in Thailand at the moment and the crackdown on the democracy movement, the Thai government would say, well, don't you criticise what we're doing to the democracy campaigners. So you just keep quiet. No official complaints about what we're doing. That's the quid pro quo. So Australia has to do a deal with Thailand to get the Thais to agree to releasing these three Iranian terrorists. But Australia also has to do a deal with Israel because, after all, those three terrorists were trying to carry out an anti-Israeli operation. So they would have gone to Israel and said, we want to try to get these three Iranian terrorists released. What do you want for us in return? Now, the Israelis may well have said, bearing in mind, we still want to get your capital moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, right? So Israel regards Jerusalem as the capital of its country. Most countries around the world do not recognise Jerusalem as the capital of Israel. It's still disputed territory. Just over 70 years ago, when the United Nations tried its first attempt at a peace plan for the Holy Land, the idea was that Jerusalem would be internationalised and that uh, there would be an administrator who would not be either a, a Jew or a Muslim. And and that's still, by the way, the policy of the Vatican, but everybody else seems to drop that policy. So Jerusalem is a disputed capital city. Now, President Trump has been the first presidential candidate to carry out his promise of moving the American embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Right, All president, presidential candidates make that promise. None of them ever honour it because it's just such a controversial move. The, the idea is that in the eventual political wash-up with a peace deal between Israel and Palestine, that's when the final status of Jerusalem will be settled, not beforehand. So you don't want to give Jerusalem to Israel now by virtue of recognition because you're losing part of your bargaining chips. Now, Trump, who's turned out to be more pro-Israeli than many people would have suspected. Hence, a Jewish son-in-law. And a Jewish son-in-law, but also himself personally not liking the Jews. On record of being very anti-Semitic in some of his comments. Mind you, seems to dislike everyone. (laughs) Um, So Trump then has agreed to move the embassy. Great breakthrough. Tremendous PR coup for Israel. And also, of course, using American diplomatic muscle encourage uh, certain Islamic societies to do their own negotiations with Israel. 
So from an Israeli government point of view, you'd be very happy with the Americans. Now you want the Australians to come on board. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Suda. We're getting to the bottom of the Kylie Moore-Gilbert fiasco that's been in the headlines and all around the world this week. She was Australian, uh, arrested in Iran for God knows what, you know, spying apparently, but we'll never know. Um, There was obviously an agenda there from Iran to then negotiate the release of three terrorists from um, Thailand that we then got involved with as Australians and as diplomats. But we're just hearing this fascinating story about then all the, it's like a domino effect, yeah. isn't it, Keith, in terms of how all the negotiations are going behind the scenes to get the release of someone like Kylie. So what is, so the Israelis would have said to the Australian government, well, there's a whole question of moving your embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So keep an eye on whether or not we actually do that. Now, if, if we do make the move, it won't be as part of the price that we've had to pay for getting Kylie Moore Gilbert out of Iran. That's not how diplomacy works. You lie your head off all the time. So but that that is a possibility. Another one is the Australian government will be more pro-Israeli in UN General Assembly resolutions, voting on matters relating to the occupied territory. In other words, Israel claims control over certain Palestinian territory. A lot of the rest of the international community does not accept Israel's control. And so there is this title that it's um, occupied territory. It's not a phrase that the Israelis uh, approve of. And so maybe you'll find the Australian government beginning to change its rhetoric and no longer referring to occupied territories. So there are a number of things that you could expect to see. None of them would be explicitly tied back to the release of Kylie Moore Gilbert. That's not how diplomacy operates. Everybody lies their head off. So... The Australian government... Because no one wants to offend anyone, so they just lie instead of saying the truth. Yeah, yeah. So Australia, in order to get Kylie Moore Gilbert back to Australia, has had to do a deal with Thailand and also to keep the Israelis on side to enable her then to be released from Iran. As I say, this is going on all the time because there are so many other Iranians held in other jails. It's a warning to anybody thinking about going to Iran. I've been to Iran. I, I was there before the revolution. It's a beautiful country. It's the cradle of civilization. It's got a very, very long and distinguished history. But now, for the last 40 or so years, since 1979, it's been controlled by the Grand Ayatollah and his successors, and it, it's no longer a, really a friend of the West. And so you are running a risk if you go there. So if Kylie Moore Gilbert had said to me, not that I ever met her, I've been invited to Iran, I would have said, well, it's a great honour, but be careful. Mm. Yeah, because you will be picked, you may be picked on. Now, that, that's a clear lesson to other Australians. The advice that I give to anybody who's thinking about travelling overseas, your first destination must always be www.smarttraveller.gov.au. Find out what the Australian government is warning about that particular country. The other general comment I make is that it's a reminder to Australians that once you're outside Australian jurisdiction, the government can't do much to help you. Now, the Australian government is obviously behind the scenes in a way that it will not acknowledge publicly has devoted a huge amount of energy to getting this person home. And I think it's great for the Department of Foreign Affairs. It's a triumph of diplomacy, which is not going to be acknowledged anywhere. You know, the Prime Minister in his statement yesterday morning 
when he was being asked, well, how did you pull this off? Just refused to answer that. Mm. And, and in effect said, well, just be happy she's been released. Mm. You don't, don't go into the, the details. I think many Australians would be horrified if they knew what the real world of diplomacy was like and all the amount of bribing that has to go on and all the mutual back-scratching and all the well, rest of it. I think this is probably outrageous in general for most Australians, like the Peter Grester story when you saw him being held in that, is, in that Egyptian jail. Yeah. Squalor. Squalor, And yeah. not having a chance to say anything in court. No, he, no right of reply, just let off. I mean, that's outrageous to Australians. And you've got to wonder, what was the quid pro quo with Egypt? What have we done now? So... Did we give them increased foreign aid? Have we agreed not to be critical of the Iranian of the Egyptian regime? I I don't know. I haven't looked at that very closely. But there would have been a quid pro quo. That's the real world of politics, and it's mm. very different from what you see with the people who demonstrate in the streets, who who just think you know you you vent that rage, and somehow the Iranian ambas- ambassador will send a report back saying we have angered Australian public opinion. Ah, oh, they couldn't care less. So the thing, the thing that I, that you know interests me about this is that through that strong arming Iran and being so strategic, surely that gets people like us offside. Why would we help them out in a global scale when it comes to you know issues at the UN or anything anything on their agenda that they're trying to pass? Why would we ever help people that are bullies? Well, that's right. But we do. It's the real world of power politics, and Australia um, has pulled off a great coup getting her out of jail. There are other countries that are obviously paying close attention to Australia. They will know what's been going on because their intelligence services are spying on Australia. So they would know what sort of deals are being made behind the scenes. And the Iranians will have been saying to those, um, well, we've got a German here. Now, what, what, can, what can you do to ensure the release of this uh, uh, dual national, German-Iranian, from our prison system? What we would like you to do is to ensure the release of Iranians elsewhere mm. or some other deal. This this is the real world of diplomacy. It's a bit like a John le Carre novel. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. I love the intrigue, Keith. Thank you. Thank you. Global Truths was presented by Dr Keith Souter and me, Kate Mack. Produced by Matt Dwyer. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. Listener.